Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello once again, Thriver, and welcome or welcome back to the Real People Real Talk podcast, the podcast ministry that equips you to thrive spiritually, relationally, and mentally. Today, we are continuing our series in the book of Ruth. Last week, we covered chapter two, and of course, today, we are covering chapter three. And if you haven't listened to the first two episodes covering the first two chapters, then feel free to click the link below. Take a listen and catch up. But here we go. A few reminders before we get to the text at hand about Ruth and the book of Ruth and the story. Ruth's life gives us a beautiful example of the providence and the sovereignty of God and how active God is in the affairs of man and woman. He brought Ruth precisely to the right field where she could meet Boaz, who was a wealthy man of excellent moral character. Allow me to set the stage with another reminder. Because Ruth and Naomi were widows, difficult times were expected for them. But the God that they serve and the God that we serve is in the turnaround business. And we're going to see just how God turns it all around in their favor. And as we're talking about Ruth and we're talking about Naomi, I want you to take it personal because God can turn things around in your favor. The God that we serve the God that you serve, the God of the Bible, he can turn around any situation at any time and work it all out for your good and also for his glory. Can I get an amen on that? Now to the text, Ruth chapter three, starting with verses one through four. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law said to her, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Verse three, watch therefore, anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what to do. I want you to notice the reciprocity in this relationship. Ruth looked out for Naomi by not leaving Naomi hanging. She brought her food. She stayed with her as a friend. And Naomi, she looked out for Ruth also by giving her pointers in regards to Boaz and what to do. By telling her to dress up and to go to meet him at this place, thus trying to connect her to a godly man. Now, laying at his feet, when you see that term, um, that's an ancient Near Eastern custom. In a sense, she was proposing to him, but more on that later. So it's important to note that nothing more happened here. As scripture shows us that both Ruth and Boaz were persons of integrity. Now, verse five, and she replied, all that you say, I will do. This verse speaks volumes. It speaks loudly to Ruth's humility. We should allow people to speak into our lives, but make sure it's the right people. You don't need everybody speaking into your life. We also need people in our lives 
that's going to hold us accountable and going to speak truth to us. Ruth was willing to receive instruction from Naomi. In other words, Ruth was humble. She was teachable. Characters that you and I can develop to be humble and to be teachable. Be willing to listen to the advice of people that are older and wiser than you got to have both. Not just older, but older and wiser. Or they could be younger, but as long as they have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God's word, receive. The experience and the knowledge of such a person can be invaluable. Imagine this. Imagine how Ruth's life could have turned out if she didn't listen to Naomi. The next two chapters, we see that Ruth is the one on the come up and God is about to provide for her in a major way. But it started with this point of humility and listening to her mentor, Naomi. But of course, when as I'm talking about mentors and letting people speak into your life, you must be connected to the Lord first. You must know his word. And you must know his voice. Got to exercise discernment, exercise wisdom, and make sure any advice that others may give you that lines up with the word of God. Now for verses 6 through 13. So she went down to the threshing floor, and just as her mother-in-law had commanded her, and when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry. He went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled. He turned about and said, Behold, a woman laid his feet. And he said, Who are you? And he answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made the last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men or the poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask for all of my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer yet. There is a redeemer nearer than I verse 13 remain tonight and the morning. If he will redeem you good and let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you lie down until the morning. All right, allow me to break some things down, give you some context so you can better understand the content. Here, um, Ruth is doing a, a somewhat of a, of a proposal. She is asking Boaz to be her kinsman redeemer. Let's talk about that. According to ancient law and tradition, a kinsman redeemer was a relative who volunteered to take responsibility for the extended family. Got to remember that Ruth is a widow. When a woman's husband died, the law provided that she could marry a brother of her deceased husband. But Naomi she had no more sons. So in this case, the nearest relative to the deceased husband could be the kinsman redeemer and marry the widow. The nearest relative, he didn't necessarily have to marry the widow. And if he chose not to, then the next nearest relative could take the place. So if no one chose to help the widow, then she will probably live in poverty for the rest of her life as inheritance back then were passed down only through sons. Notice the theme. Notice the parallel. As Boaz redeems Ruth, it points to the ultimate redemption found in Jesus, who is the ultimate redeemer. Here we go. I feel like preaching. And the concept of redemption takes on a deeper meaning in the New Testament because of Jesus. Jesus paid the price and made the ultimate sacrifice to deliver us from the wrath of God. Because of Jesus, 
we can be saved. We can be at peace with God the Father. Because of Jesus and redemption, and Jesus being the ultimate redeemer, we are forgiven. We are set free from the grips of Satan and his evil forces. Jesus is our ultimate kinsman redeemer. He willingly did everything necessary for the redemption of his bride, his church, referring to believers. Now, through Christ, our redeemer, we are forgiven. We are set free from sin. We are made new creations and we can have a new relationship with God, the father. Jesus redeems us and gives us the freedom to serve him. So be free from the power of sin and walk in that freedom, walk in their redemption today, my friend. Now back to the text, verses 14 through 18. So she lay down at his feet until the morning, but arose before anyone could recognize one another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. And she went into the city, verse 16. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man has done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave me, for he said to me, you must not go back empty handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest until he settled the matter today. Looking back briefly at verse 17, I love where it says, you must not go back empty handed. God has a way once again of turning things around, turning things out for your good and for your favor. You may feel like you're empty right now, but God has a way of making sure that you don't end up empty handed. He is the God of ultimate provision. So Boaz seeks to accept this proposal and he didn't allow Ruth to go back empty handed. Once again, this just points to how God has a way of providing for us and making a way out of no way. As a matter of fact, one of the names of God that we see in the Bible is that God is a way maker. And that may be a right now word for you today. You may be in the midst of a situation, whether it's relational, whether it's about your job, whether it's about your finance, whether it's about your health, you may not see a way out. But let me tell you, this is a God that we serve. He is a way maker. You may not see it, but you got to trust God to make a way out of no way. Once again, he is a way maker. I want you to receive that word into your heart right now. Now, referring back to Boaz, he is a man of his word. He is sensitive to those in need, and he is also a successful businessman. I love the book and the story of Ruth because it's such a beautiful love story between Ruth and Boaz, as we're going to see, as well as pointing to the ultimate love story between Christ and his bride. And next week, you're going to see how it all concludes. But I have three takeaways from today's lesson. Here we go. Number one, I want you to trust God in the in-between times. Uh-huh. Those times of uncertainty, trust that God has the best interest for you and is going to work everything out for his glory and for your good. Receive that. And number two, be willing to listen to others that are wiser than you. Sometimes God will speak through others. But once again, make sure it lines up with God's word. You got to know God's voice. Amen. So that's number one. That's number two. So number three, understand 
that waiting is a part of life. And as you wait on the Lord, I want to encourage you to wait well. Wait with a good attitude and serve him to the best of your ability. And in due timing, God will do whatever needs to be done in your life. You just have to keep walking by faith and keep waiting in faith. Be faithful and be obedient. And I can guarantee you that God will show up in his faithfulness and in his sovereignty and work it all out for your ultimate good. Beyond this Ruth chapter three, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 and 31. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. I want you to be encouraged today, my friend. And that is Ruth chapter three. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope and pray that this episode, that this devotional was a blessing to you and that you learned something new and that you was inspired and encouraged. Now, I need you to do me a quick but huge favor to me. Uh, Think of one person right now that you know needs to hear this message, hear this podcast and hear this series. Now, I want you to send them a text right now, inviting them to take a listen and thank you in advance and God bless. But next week is the finale and we're going to cover chapter four, the final chapter of Ruth. So stay tuned. But until next time, go be all that God has called you to be. God bless you.